This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 138. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we are marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. So here we go again. Here we go again. And Brett, you and I have an anniversary to celebrate. It's our anniversary? Not our wedding anniversary, but a 10-year anniversary of Marriage to the Max. I was just kidding. (laughs) I knew it was the podcast anniversary. 10 years. 10 years we've been doing this. And of course, you and I joke that we are the slowest growing podcast ever produced because (laughs) we don't have that many episodes for 10 years. Uh, Well, we've got 138. This is 138. So, well, I mean, the goal has always been not so much to produce tons of episodes but to produce good quality content that we feel is helpful to encourage married couples. Yeah. And and just things that we find ourselves saying a lot, talking about a lot in the course of working with couples all the time. So hopefully, hopefully it's been beneficial and hopefully it will continue to be that. Yeah. So those of you who've been on this 10-year ride with us from the beginning, Thanks for joining us and supporting us. And for maybe those of you who are brand new listeners, we hope you will stick around another 10 years with us. Right. And 15 years of home encouragement. That's right. Yeah. This year will actually be 16. We're going on 16 years. Wow. There you go. Okay. Enough with the anniversaries. That's right. Well, today's episode is called Mistakes Seasoned Couples Make. Seasoned couples. Brett, you and I are a seasoned couple. Ruh-roh. You have to be a seasoned person to be a seasoned couple. So means we are getting old, but... Uh, My doctor says I need less salt, <laughs> le- less seasoning. Uh, well, a couple of months ago, Brett, you and I were invited to to a group of married couples who most of them had been married around 20, 25 years. And they asked us to come and talk about this particular topic of what is it that couples who've been married a long time, you know, they've either... They're they're either at the tail end of raising their kids or maybe their kids are already college or grown. They wanted to know, are there universal things that we see in our work mm-hmm. that some things that seasoned couples need to be aware of? Even happily mm-hmm. seasoned couples sure. can fall into traps. So we, we made a list and I was kind of surprised at how lengthy the list was when mm-hmm. we started really kind of thinking about it. But what what what's the first thing we came up with? Well, I think the thing that always gets mentioned uh, for seasoned couples that, you know, things that that seem to be common to all of us that we struggle with getting too comfortable. And it's kind of a weird thing to say because you want to enjoy being comfortable in your marriage together. Yes, I love comfort. (laughs) Yes, I know you do. (laughs) High priority in my life. And I do too. (laughs) But, But. uh, But we're talking about comfortable in the sense of being complacent, being uh, not actively engaged with one another or mm-hmm. not pursuing one another and enjoying one another. Um, there's that safety that you can get together in marriage, which is certainly a great thing, but you don't want to do it at the expense of being actively present 
with one another and uh, growing together. Yeah, we talk about staying curious and having a learning posture. And not just as people, you know, as individuals, that's important that we continue to learn and grow. But as married couples, it's important that we don't get too stagnant because mm-hmm. things can grow stale and stagnant pretty quickly if we're not careful. This is true. And we've always also talked about wanting to be lifelong students of one another mm-hmm. in our marriages. Mm-hmm. I, first of all, that's part of the fun of being married for decades and mm-hmm. decades mm-hmm. is that you continue to learn more and more things about one another yep. and enjoy one another. Another uh, mistake that seasoned couples make is they get too busy. Ding, 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 ding. So we're in a new year now as we're recording this, but a couple months ago we released a two-part episode about being too busy and how that can really affect your marriage. And, you know, we get it. I mean, we've been in seasons of our life where Mm. we were just like going, okay, something's got to give here. But when you're raising kids or you're working full-time or you're volunteering, all of that stuff can get in the way of a really rich, intimate marriage. And the bottom line of it is love takes time. And there's not really a shortcut. You know, someone actually asked me recently, kind of half joking, she said, is there a, can you give me a quick life hack on marriage? And I started laughing thinking, wait, so we live in a world of life hacks, like there's hacks for everything. Hmm. But is there a life hack on marriage? I don't think so, because you can't short circuit this stuff. You know, it's a lot of it's just daily, small you know, you might even say monotonous, but I actually say that in the positive sense. Mm-hmm. You know, that idea that Eugene Peterson said, a long obedience in the same direction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always very glamorous or sexy, mm-hmm. but it builds something good. Right. And we need to make sure that we're not so busy that we do what we always say, put that marriage on the back burner. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, frankly, we're in a season of busyness right now, but I think you and I determined some time ago that we didn't want to fall into that trap of wearing busyness as a badge of honor, because when it comes to keeping your marriage healthy, what you're saying is busyness can be a detriment. Oh, yeah. You know, and we see it all the time. I mean, as we couple with, as we counsel with couples in crisis, just those that are just too busy to be involved with one another, you know, let alone intimate with one another. I mean, naturally, of course, the the result of that is that they're going to be uh, growing apart, not growing closer together. It's true. So, so be careful about that. Make make sure that you're not so busy that you're giving each other the leftovers. Mm -hmm. Another thing that uh, seasoned couples can do is they can get a little too cocky. Well, And what I mean by that is some couples think that they are above being tempted. Right, yeah. Now, Brett, you and I have worked with countless couples who are in what we call affair recovery, or they're trying to rebuild after some sort of infidelity. Mm -hmm. And so many times we have, I heard the person who's been unfaithful, they'll say to us, I never thought I would do Mm -hmm. that. 
I I never thought I was the type of person. This isn't me. Who would cheat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And what we always say is, you know, given the right set of circumstances, Mm -hmm. anyone has a point of weakness. Right. And we've got to be careful about that. I, I laugh because I remember, Brett, a few years ago, you and I were talking about just kind of putting basic boundaries in place. And I think we were talking about you specifically. We're Uh like, okay, be careful about, you know, pornography and how do we set da 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 da. And we got finished with your side and you looked at me and you said, okay, now what do we do for you? And I went, me, (laughs) you know, like just so (laughs) offended. What? I would never have issues with temptation. I'm, I'm far above that. But you know, no matter how long we've been married, no matter how happily married we are. True. We still have to understand that no one's above temptation. No one's above falling that way. Yeah. And it goes all the way back to Adam and Eve. You know, I can remember the first couple of times reading through scripture and getting frustrated with Adam and Eve, like, gosh, why did you guys ruin this for the rest (laughs) of us? You know, like they're less than or lower than they're, they, they are us. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody has that susceptibility. Yeah. To temptation. And we just need to be aware of it. We don't need to walk around in fear about it, but we do need to be sober about it. Yeah. I think many times if I were Eve, I'd have apple juice running down my <laughs> And I don't even like apples. But I mean, I'd, I'd just have a, I'd be right in there just like she was, you know. Um, something else that seasoned couples do is they get a little too lazy, which kind of sounds like what we said before, getting comfortable. But it's that idea that you said, Brett, of being they stop being students of their spouse. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that you and I have learned. And, and again, we don't get this right every day by any means. But after 35 years of marriage, we are relearning, I think, how to be students mm-hmm. of each other. And it's kind of paying off in a new season for us, even just getting curious again and and yeah. and being willing to learn and realizing there is no way we're going to have it all figured out. Right. No, I totally agree. We, we never arrive fully at being a perfect married couple. Right. Well, I think the word that, and we've said it several times on this podcast before, but I think the word that really resonates with what we're talking about is intentionality. Yeah. In relationships, intentionality is everything in your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse and your relationship with your kids and relationship with your best friends mm-hmm. and relationship, even as you interact with total strangers, the more intentional you are, the better that investment of time and focus is going to pay off in a, a deeper quality relationship. Yeah. Marriage yeah. is certainly uh, true of that. And those who who continue to be students of their spouse, they discover that there's always room to grow. Mm-hmm. And that's a great place to be, I think, in marriage. Yeah. Well, and it's an, and it's an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like another thing, oh, I got to grow. That's another thing to put yeah. on my to-do list. <laughs> uh, don't look at it that way. Look at it a way. This really is an opportunity to enjoy a richer life. Yeah. Something else that we uh, have come up with in our work is that seasoned couples sometimes reach a point where they think they already know their spouse completely. (laughs) And the idea here is, I mean, it's true. When you're with someone as long as 
30, 40 years, you do feel like you've heard every story, mm-hmm. you know every memory, but you don't. Right. There are still things to learn about each other. Yeah, the problem is some of the stories I've heard a b- bazillion I times <laughs> tends to be a, a loop on some of these stories. I know. But there's a, so many other stories I've never heard once. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah our Let's kids, get to some of those. Our kids, sometimes if I'm going, if I start down a road of a of a story that I've told a million times, they'll just look at me and go, yeah, we've been here. You've told me. Here's the punchline, mom. Yeah, I already know this. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the idea of when we think that there's nothing more to learn, we stop growing. Mm -hmm. So we've got to continue having that posture. Another thing that seasoned married couples do is they start to wonder, is this all there is? Mm, The Peggy Lee song. The Peggy Lee song, is that all there is? Yeah. I mean, and it's true. We live in a YOLO culture. Please tell me what yellow means. means. You only live once. (laughs) And that, you know, the idea we live in a world that says, hey, you've got to pursue happiness at all costs. Go for the gusto. Yeah. You know, I deserve my fairy tale. I owe it to myself to have the the richest, most wonderful, happy life, you know, ever. And I mean, you know, as Christians, I feel like living a holy life does make you happy in a sense. Mm, For sure. But I also think that when we sort of look at our relationship and our spouse is like, well, is this it? We just limit ourselves. Right. We stop the learning. We stop the growing. Right. You're saying you also stop the opportunity potentially of having a more satisfying life. Yeah. Yeah. Something else that the, that seasoned couples do is they make an assumption that old dogs cannot learn new tricks. Mm-hmm. And what we tell couples all the time is just because you've been in a relational pattern for years doesn't mean you can't turn that around. Hmm. We say it all the time, relational patterns are learned behavior. Right. And so successful married couples reinvent themselves over and over again. Mm -hmm. It's it's the same two people. It's the same marriage Mm -hmm. in one sense, but taking a new approach can take you into a whole new season of enjoyment. Yeah. We had a couple recently that we sat down with who they've been married a long time and they have a particular pattern around their conflict. Mm -hmm. And she said to us, you know, you think we can actually change this? I mean, we've been doing this a long time. Mm -hmm. And our response was, Yes, you can. Do you want to? Right, absolutely. You know, because it will take a, a whole new way of doing things. It, it takes some education. That's kind of what we, I feel like we bring to the table is to try to help couples figure out how to do something differently. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's just kind of like, are you willing to do this consistently? Even when you screw it up, are you willing to get up the next day and try again? Mm. Yeah. Something else that we've noticed with couples who've been married a long time is they can start to compare their spouse to others. Mm-hmm. And this really gets you on a dangerous, slippery slope because when we play the comparison game, we will always come up short. Right. Because we will be comparing what we know right. about ourselves or about our spouse, which is everything, mm-hmm. to what we don't know about someone else. Right. You know, and I've heard couples, you know, I've heard wives say, well, so and so's husband cooks dinner, or so and so's husband is really hands on with the kids. Or we've heard men, you know, husbands say, well, so and so's wife really keeps herself in shape, or, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so and so's wife gives him a lot of attention. And we go, yeah, A, you're not living at their house. Right. So you don't, that, that may not be anything what you think it is. Yeah. 
I would say 20 or 30 years ago, the comparison thing got the whole plastic surgery industry started. And that's a whole conversation right there. All I can say about most cosmetic plastic surgery is (laughs) don't Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But anecdotally, what you and I see a lot is this keeping up with the Joneses thing is a lot that that whole syndrome is alive and well again, where read an article the other day talking about the current housing situation in America and how the shortage of homes for people to live in partly is because we've all been, we've all bought into this idyllic pursuit of these massive homes with massive space and everything else as if that is going to make that house feel like a home. I mean, nothing wrong with getting a large house, you know, smoke them if you got them, you know, if if you can afford it, that's fine. But the point is a lot of us can't afford it Mm -hmm. or we can't afford what we're pursuing, Yeah, you know, and then that, that makes us vulnerable to a lot of risk, you know, both financially and emotionally. Yeah. And when a married couple has financial pressure, Oh, more that is so difficult, and that can cause so many other issues um, on top of that. Yeah, so that that's a great uh, point you made. Something else that kind of goes hand in hand with the comparison when we compare our spouse to other people is that we can start to become critical of our spouse. And of course, this can move the relationship into what John Gottman calls the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, the criticism piece is a huge toxic piece of a relationship. But we can start to get to where we're really experts at what our spouse does wrong, and we're not so great at discovering what they do well. And that can just really push a relationship into that toxic space. Mm -hmm. We've got to be careful of criticism. Again, Brett, you and I say all the time, it's not that you can't say what is so, and it's not that you can't give a healthy complaint, uh-huh. you know, and that sort of thing. But when we become critical in that chronic state, yeah, we're we're pointing out things about our partner that maybe we're not willing to take responsibility for mm-hmm. as individuals. That can get really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, uh, what we came up with for seasoned couples: the mistake is they get a little too selfish. Yeah, not a little too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best marriages continue to serve each other. Through the years, mm-hmm. I think about our friends, Vicki and Casey Jones, and Casey has gone to be with the Lord now, but they were married, I think, 40-something years before he passed away. And my favorite story is that he brought her coffee in bed every morning. I, I just think it's so precious. I'll work on that. No, no. Actually, <laughs> what I was going to do is brag on you, Brett, because so you and I just started a kitchen remodel a couple of days ago, uh-huh. and the day that the demo crew was going to show up... You woke up and said, okay, since we're going to be out of our kitchen for a while, I'm taking you to a nice breakfast before they get here so we can really just kind of celebrate this occasion. Uh And I thought that was the sweetest thing. It just started not only the day off, but the whole project off on the right foot. And so that was something you were thinking of me in that moment, because I know you didn't care either way about going out for breakfast. But um, so just, you know... That idea of really continuing to think about each other. You know, young couples who are just starting out, or not necessarily young couples, but couples early in their relationship, they are thinking of the other person. They're out of, they're not in that selfish mode. They're mm-hmm. being selfless. And we can just kind of drift into a selfish place when, if we're not careful. Well, when it is we've our been together. default as far as our 
Well, yeah. Sinful nature. Yeah, for sure. Concerned, so. Well, anyway, I thought these were good topics. When we when we talked to this group a couple of months ago, we felt like this was kind of ringing true mm-hmm. for a lot of them. And we got a lot of good feedback around, you know, this helps us want to step up our game a little bit yeah. and not get too lazy, too comfortable. Well, very good. Excellent. Way to go. All right. Well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. And if you're enjoying Marriage to the Max, help us keep it going by supporting Home Encouragement. Just go to homeencouragement.org and click the donate button. Any amount helps. Also, we hope you will rate us and write a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening to this episode. This helps more people to find Marriage to the Max. Well, thanks so much for listening today. And until next time, remember, healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all.